Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hello and welcome to the Listics AFL podcast, part two. Uh, <laughs> I am John Van Norden and I'm here as always with Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing this same day? This same Slightly day. later in this same day. Yes, uh, well, well, I'm still good, uh, going well and um, yeah, it's, it's a good day. It's been a lot of good discussion about next year's draft and yeah, I mean, I think, I think hopefully the listeners are getting something out of this because really for us, we've today we really just challenged what we think and the way we're looking at it and really trying to test if if we're being unreasonable with with us sitting here and saying it's not that compromised uh, it's no more compromised than a typical draft yeah um, the, dra- the draft is compromised full stop yeah and 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 I've had I've had my rant about this before um, about the AFL's got to stop touching the draft and you know if they're going to bring in academies and NGAs and all that stuff and father-sons and we want to keep all this stuff, fine. But we just have to accept a level of compromise, which is what we have done in the past and what we are going to do in the future for the moment. Um, I think the recent discussion around the AFL removing the 20% discount is an excellent um, <coughs> an excellent discussion to have. Um, sorry, I just got a little bit stuck in my throat. The... The interesting thing is an article today that you sent me uh, in in the AFL.com um, talking about where, you know, some recruiters are going, you know, get rid of the discount and then another recruiter is going, increase it to 30 and we'll take more. And it's like, yeah, if I'm a recruiter and I've got kids in my academy and you say to me, what do you think we should do? I'm going to say bigger discount because I'm going to be able to pick more. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that was 100% a Northern Academy recruiter. Because Northern Academies have the most players to come I would through. probably guess it would be GWS. Sydney or GWS. GWS would be my guess because uh, they generally have the best players coming through. And that's the funniest part. Like, you can't... It's like asking... It's like asking the banks to police themselves. How well did that do? Yeah. You know? yeah. At the end of the day, like, you know, I don't think... I think just the fact you have access <clears throat> should be good enough. And I've said that before. I, I completely agree, mate. Um, I mean, we can talk about the a couple of years worth of compromised drafts as well here. So... Um, if we're talking about uh, compromise, we should also note that 2019's draft is also compromised. So um, there's no, like, Gold, Gold Coast have got concessions. So uh, Buderick and probably, I would guess, Roses Jr., given that he was Darwin and, yep. and probably will be pre-signed, won't be available for the draft. So they're two players that I had probably in the top 50. Buderick probably in the top 30. Um, yep. So... That's that's already one level of compromise, and that's not including any other um, academy father son players. Yeah, and we've obviously got the compensation picks on top of that. So this year's first round of the draft, um, you know, is probably going to, you know, with all the bidding um, on on Tom Green and all that, we're probably looking at this year's draft will go out to about pick twenty one. Um, with with the bids and far, uh, is there any father son Finn McGuinness yep so Finn McGuinness is there and, this- and Liam Henry so you got three two NGAs and one father son you've got a concession pick to the Gold Coast 
at the start, start the yep. and then it's the start of second round. Start of second round. So it's, it's and it, yeah. is there any free agency? Co- no, 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 first no, round no co- end of first round free agency. Co- so straight away, there's four picks that have immediately been added to pick 18. So yep. we're at 22. We're looking this year's draft. In all likelihood, the first round finishes at 22, which guess what is no different to 2018. And yeah. 2018 went to pick 23. We had two free agency compensation picks, one at the back end, which was Lysette, and one at the start, which was Lynch. We had one Swans Academy um, in Nick Blakey, who was also a father-son for North Melbourne, so he's really only ever available to two clubs. Yep. Um, and we had two NGA picks in Thomas and Quaino, and that was the first year of the NGA Academy. So literally this time, the clubs did nothing to get those guys. Yeah, um, it's worth <laughs> saying... Um, with 2018 as well, that had 23, that that also didn't have Gold Coast being able to pre-list players yes. that were considered top 25, top 30 um, talents. So um, it's uh, that that's roughly how compromised the pool has been. Um, and, and, but I guess one, just sorry, before you move on, the reason we're saying, you know, this year is probably going to go to 22 and the year before went to 23 is because looking at next year's draft and the way we've seen it and... That we're predicting it out to pick twenty three at the moment. Um, plus, you're looking at probably Alex Davies, who's currently a, a top ten pick, being taken outside the draft. So realistically, it's pick twenty four. Yeah, so, so it's, it's slightly more um, than than every other year, but one more. Yeah, and, um, we're, and we're assuming off our rankings, which will probably change. Like Luke Edwards could go pick thirty, not pick twenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like this is it's a really good thought exercise so instead of just saying it's compromised because of all those players that were tied to Father Sons and Academies and I'll run through those quickly now Jamari Hagen tied to the Western Bulldogs Brandon Walker and Joel Weston tied to Fremantle Connor Downey to Hawthorne Reef McGuinness to Collingwood Lockie Jones and Taj Schofield to Port Adelaide there's an additional one to Port Adelaide, which is James Borlays, but he's also tied to Adelaide via NGA, which I don't like. That's a separate issue. That's ridiculous. I think that if you're tied via father-son, you should not be available for an NGA. Well, it's, but it's the same thing with Blakey. Like, Sydney only got access to Blakey because his old man was up there for work. But, and, and, like, I, I don't... Un- like, the father-son, like, why doesn't North Melbourne have first-right refusal? I never understood that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think the father-son... That's... We can talk about that. Let's talk about it at the end. Um, I'll just write myself a note. Father-son versus um, NGA. And just straight academy. Straight academy. Um, and we'll talk about that at the end. Um, so I mentioned that Adelaide have James Paul A's, um, as did Port. Uh, they also have Luke Edwards, who's the father-son. Cody Brand at Essendon. Errol Goulden and Braden Campbell at Sydney. Blake Coleman, Carter Michael and Saxon Crozier at Brisbane Lions. And Josh Green um, the brother of uh, Tom Green yep. at GWS. So these are all... And then there was these are, Ethan Baxter at Richmond, Deacon Smith, and Kobe George at Melbourne, just yeah, to round it out. Just to round it out. So those last three didn't play um, in the um, Futures game. All the rest of those players played in those Futures games. So uh, the assumption is that the players playing in that Future game, as we mentioned in the first podcast, are uh, the best 48 currently in the in the age group, yeah, uh, I would just challenge you to stretch your thinking to say it's probably closer to the best hundred. Yeah, um, some of those guys will go rookie draft. Some of those guys won't get drafted at all. Um, some of those guys will be the the top of the draft. So, yeah, um, and some of the guys that will be the top of the draft weren't playing um, either through injury or because they haven't reached their potential yet. So, 
there's a, a lot to play out in that space. Um, but there, I mean, that said, 17 of 48. Um, and if you round it out with those other three to 20 of um, roughly the top 50 yeah. um, is a lot. But it's not going to play out that way in reality. And no. I think that um, we'll show it. It's per- perfectly so. At the moment, we've got... Um, in, if you look at it by, via the rankings that we've just... I mean, we just did our power ranking episode. So, so, so. Part, part one is the power rankings um, for the top 25. Um, and, and so just to be clear, all of our assessment in this is based on our power ranking. So we've assumed the the top 25 in the first round is being picked as per our power ranking because yep. we think that's the easiest way. But based on that, when we assess it, we've only got one uh, tied player. We'll call it tied player. Father, son, NGA, whatever it is. One tied player in the top five, three in the top 10, which is one more than 2018, six in the top 20, um, and seven in the top 30. Yeah. So, yes, there's more players tied in the top 20 than probably any other draft. However, again, the the culprit here is looking at the top 20. Isn't isn't the father-son rule? It's these NGAs. It's, so, it's completely the NGAs. It's not even Sydney's academy. So Sydney, no. if Sydney got two academy players, which is rare to have two first-round academy players, that's for sure. But the Giants have had two first-round academy players. Absolutely. That's always been a compromise, though, since those academies were established. And I think that we were all coming to terms with it, just the um, players from that state being retained. Um, so those players... The players in the top 30, we didn't talk about Taj Schofield. We had him at 26 in our rankings. We only talked yeah. about the top 25. The players in the top 30 that were always going to be tied to somewhere else is Taj Schofield, Luke Edwards, uh, Errol Goulden, and Braden Campbell. So four of them, no matter which draft you're in, would be taken as part of this. Yeah. So as you said, that leaves those three players, which is Jamara Uglehagen to Western Bulldogs, Reef McInnes to Collingwood, and Connor Downey to Hawthorne. That are the exceptions. And I guess... This that's that's sort of where it's frustrating um, when you're looking at a pool that there are players that haven't had a whole lot of investment um, from the club that's going to be selecting them uh, that will be getting a huge advantage over the rest of the pool because they can effectively um, either trade out selections, which we'll look at some strategies, or try to get ahead of the pick, which we've seen with GWS trying to do this year. It's a Probably the one thing we haven't mentioned there is Alex Davies being outside of the draft would be in the top 25. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's probably the only other one. So that, I mean, I guess this conversation we want to have, we we talk about that everyone's saying next year is, you know, the most compromised, the, you know, you know, so compromised, no one wants to be in it and all this stuff. And and I guess what we're trying to say is, well, hang on a minute, um, have a look at it. It's, it's, it's more or less not much more compromised than 2018 a little bit worse than this year it's well, it's definitely not as compromised as, as GWS and, and Gold Coast's formative years they, they were talking about it as being like, dude, like oh, well, this is when I say they not Cal Toomey Cal Toomey did a really good job with his story on this um, yeah. and talking about how it will this be the most compromised draft probably yes is what he was saying um, but things change and he understands that better than anybody it was more people like David King and other people that started running with that story throughout trade period saying, nobody wants a pick in next year's draft because it's so compromised. If at most it's two players more compromised than we've ever seen before, yeah. two at most, that means that the talent, the top talent might run out at 13 or 14 rather than 15 or 16, 
which is next to negligible. In no, the, in so the, the t- tunnel runs out the same end. Your it's just that your pick might slide outside of that tunnel. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. What I mean yeah. is that if you had a pick at fourteen this year, you would get one of those best sixteen players because two players are tied to academies. Yeah, this year four players inside of that pick would be tied to academy so you'd be picking at 18 yeah. um, so that that's really where it is and it <laughs> that's not to say that this draft couldn't go deeper than last as well like than this than 2019 as well 2020 couldn't go deeper but this is what I was sort of saying the amount of compromise in reality isn't that much it's a little compromise it's frustrating that the two highest ranked players on this board that are tied are NGA yes. prospects, which are the the most loosely tied, um, but I think I think as well with this like with this conversation, what we've got to look at is the you know I, I stand by that the first the first round or the draft needs to be just uncompromised, and I know the romantics in football, and then this is the data side of me, uh, the romantics in football, love a father son, I love a father son. However, that said. Um, I think we just need to um, uh, cut the umbilical cord, so to speak, for lineage in clubs. Yep. And 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 just go for a uncompromised, pure draft. And you know, if teams need assistance, then it's easier to give them a selection inside if it's not more compromised on top. Yeah. So part of the problem with so you've got kind of a perfect storm happening next year where. The AFL's compromised and given Gold Coast an additional picks. Okay, those additional picks now mean they have more value. They can also remove what we're projecting to be two players inside the top fifty out of the draft, which yeah. means that you know now now you know a person who was ranked eleventh is now ranked tenth, and now a person who was ranked forty eighth is now ranked. 40, 47th yep. is, is really what the effect is in terms of the overall suffering. So they take two people out of the pool and and what what we're basically saying is that these gifts that they've given the Gold Coast are too much, which they are. Yep. So on top of them getting an additional first round pick, they can take a first round player out and they're probably going to have, you know, pick one, two or three next year in all likelihood. Yep. And so they're going to get pick one, two or three, guaranteed pick 11, and on top of that, take out probably a, a top twenty-five pick, and and that's they haven't even got to their second pick at around you know pick twenty to twenty-five. You know, yeah, it's that's you. That's a really good point. This draft is no more compromised than any other draft if Gold Coast don't have these concessions. Absolutely, it's exactly the same as other drafts. And so the two things that we have as bugbears now when we're looking at them are NGA and Gold Coast concessions. So at the end, we can talk about. Um, things that we could potentially fix um, and, yeah. and the discounting and all of that. Yeah, and and look, it's all being looked at at the moment. Discounting is clearly uh, a bugbear of a lot of clubs, um, especially now. I think if you're going to have more NGAs, you need to get rid of discounting because there is no reason why the Western Bulldogs should only have to pay the equivalent of, so let's say, Jamar Ugo Hayden goes at pick four. Western Bulldogs only have to pay pick seven in value. The player is worth pick four. That's his bid. If you want him, you pay what pay he's worth. Four. Yeah, I know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't walk into a, to Woolworths and go, you know, there's there's a thing of crumpets there for two fifty. No, I think <laughs> crumpets. I just, I, you know, just whatever, man. Crumpets. I love my crumpets. 
But <laughs> you know what I mean? A block of chocolate, whatever you want it to be. You don't just pick a random one. No, crumpets, mate. That was I, good. I've just got something random. The, the, no, that's not random. That's very particular. <laughs> the the listeners it's probably it's, pro- it's probably because I bought crumpets. <laughs> I know it's 250 but I don't, I don't go in and go can I have a 20% discount on this no well I pay what it's what it's signed at you know like they might give me a loyalty program discount of some description you maybe. do uh, you do put through um, you do put through mangoes as sweet potatoes though mate I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a self checkout person I've seen you do I've, that I don't do self checkout yeah. I like the people bagging my stuff for okay. me yeah. give, give you know support our, our young workers out there I, um, I am. The robots are the youngest workers of all. <laughs> you, They're all two. Yeah, you're a scum. Two mate. years you're old. Anyway, um, the point the point that I'm trying to make is, you know, if Ugelhagen is worth is worth um, pick four, then you don't need a discount. The original discount was brought in because they felt that the academies they obviously put time and effort into them. So the Sydney and the Gold uh, GWS Brisbane and Gold Coast academies. They have to spend money. They put a lot of time and effort in there. So they're, they're, those academies are sitting there saying, well, you know, we're putting in all this effort. Why shouldn't we get a discount? Well, at the end of the day, yeah, you're putting in the effort. Yeah, you're creating the pool, but it's benefiting you as well. Like Isaac Heaney, pick two. Like, I'm sorry, yeah, pay pick two. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm with you on that. Pay, pay exactly what you have worth. access to a player who's worth pick two. Why should you get a discount? That, that, that's, that's the advantage. That's, that's what you get for, yeah. for investing. For investing this money that you have already, um, Tom Green as well, and investing this time to to part, put these players as part of your development program, you, you not only him. get to oversee the development earlier, which is an advantage in itself, and get them into your football club get and them play in, them in your NEFL team. Exactly, you not only get all these other advantages, you also get access to them, which is the biggest thing. And and, and so that discounting, the fact that it's being looked at, is fantastic because they need to just take it away. Yeah, if it, we're going to have it. Pay the fair, pay the market price. What? Yeah, that's what I've taken out of this is that crumpets sell themselves. You don't have to discount crumpets. You don't have to ask for a discount on crumpets. Crumpets, uh, crumpets. <laughs> it's the crumpet economy. <laughs> it's that, that's how the crumpet economy works. They, they, those babies are flying off the shelves. But is Jamar Hagen Is he the square with the nice tear down the middle, or is he a circular one? You know, because different ones discounted, they sell themselves. He's a square and tear kind of guy. Square and tear, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, back onto it. I think, yeah, obviously. Um, so we, we, I guess, what we're saying is, you take out the Gold Coast compo, and this is definitely no more compromise than any other draft. You put it in. Yes, it's slightly more compromised. Is it the most compromised in history? No, because 2012 and 2013, when Gold Coast and GWS came in, they are the most far, compromised. Far more compromised. They took out right. the best 12 players out of yeah. both pools at 17-year-olds and signed them. They had 10 picks inside the first round. They had, you know, GWS had access to mini draft players to get additional picks. Yeah. You know, they're the most compromised drafts. Full stop. Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess we're going to follow through with the thought exercise from before, which is um, we'll see how it plays out in the draft. So what we're going to do is a reverse ladder of what we're projecting based on some data we've looked at for next year. Yep. Um, and so starting with pick one, and, and we'll run through to 18, so I'm not going to go through the numbers. So pick one, will, we believe, will be Gold Coast, followed by Frio, Sydney, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Carlton, Hawthorne, Essendon, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs, Geelong, Brisbane, Collingwood, West Coast, GWS, and Richmond to take out the flag again. Take out a, yeah, take a breath there. Now this is the yeah, so that's that's a, that's the current estimates and projections. 
have, de- have D's scraping into eight, so you should be happy you're playing finals. Yeah, well, but I mean, yeah, well, obviously, without going into what we think the ladder will be next year, there's oh, yeah. obviously huge groupings in here. Yeah, and we've put a weight of schedule against it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a this is just a high level. So we're this is one of one of many possible scenarios that could play out. Um, and I guess now we're going to play it out in a draft. So some picks have already been traded. Um, and future picks so we've taken that into an account um, and what we're going to do today is just go through the first round of the draft and we'll play it out live so and, and, and probably before we get started is just to note that based on our projections we believe that bids will come in early for Collingwood and West Coast, uh, Western Bulldogs on there to NGA players yeah and so for them it's it's probably going to be a um, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do whether you know, given that they're so far back, I don't think there's the possibility of them getting ahead of some of the picks. Um, but they may choose to to pump and dump or yeah, well, dump the first round pick for well, points, and we'll discuss all this. But yeah, let's see. It's it's important that people, yeah. So based on our projections, this is the way we're assessing it. Yeah. So if you listen to podcast one, you would have heard that um, Will Phillips is going to the Gold Coast with pick one. So congratulations, Will Phillips. Um, First pick of the open draft. Riley Tilthorpe is going to Fremantle with pick two. Um, good good so selection there, Freo. Well it, it is a really good selection. He's huge, huge upside. Sydney take Elijah Hollands with pick three. And it's really important that in our projections that we say Sydney finishes here. It's important for Sydney because that puts their bids ahead of their academy players. Yes. So for for Sydney, if they have a poor year, which which we're expecting them to have a poor year based on what we've seen and um, it's it works for them in a benefit because they're effectively going to be able to they don't have to trade up to get ahead they they potentially can end up in our scenario with three picks um, inside of the top 15 correct um, and now we're up to the first bid so we're going to say that North Melbourne with um, the fourth selection of the draft will bid on Jamara Uwehagen so um, the Western Bulldogs what do they do um, to match that. Yep, so I'll talk you through it. So we got DVI index of 2,034 points. They get a discount of 20%, which is 406 points. So they need um, 16.27 to match, which roughly equates. And, and so just so everyone knows, these aren't perfect matches. We're just roughly equating. Yeah, so it's roughly- it, they're, not, they're not perfect matches because, again, this is a draft... 13 months out from when it's actually going to happen. And and the other side is, if you want to <laughs> try and... Per- ladder order that we've guessed. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and to try and exactly match to X, Y, Z picks, we're just going to be going, this is pick 7 plus pick 71 plus this plus that plus... This. And it just yeah. gets too complicated. So we've taken the nearest pick. Um, up or down, doesn't really matter. You get the idea. So yeah. required pick to match the 16-27 is roughly pick 7. Um, and... To match pick seven, they'll use their pick 13. Yep. They're going to use their pick 42 and their pick 49. And the pick 49 will slide to pick 52. Um, yeah, so they'll have a surplus. There'll be a yep. point surplus, which means that they get an additional pick back in the draft. Well, so the 13 and 42 go to the back of the draft um, outside of the point system. And then um, 49 will just move to 52. So it's a little bump because... 13 and 42 just don't quite get there. So um, realistically for them, um, they're getting a guy at pick four 
for what's effectively yeah um, it, a, a first round and a third round, and based on a based on a standard draft hand as well, I wouldn't imagine that there would be much necessity for them to do anything else. Like as in keep their picks as are, because if you trade out that first pick, which is currently we've estimated to be pick thirteen, mm. if you trade out pick thirteen you're going to have to go into a deficit. It's going to be way too hard to match with later picks. Maybe they send 13 to potentially a couple of second-round picks. Um, and that's really like you're starting to split hairs here when you go, okay, then a couple of second-round picks are potentially... Um, potentially your pick 13 could... I'm trying to find a club that would might be around that mark. Um, maybe Adelaide... Adelaide with say 24 and 31 might have slightly maybe like 100 more points um, and Adelaide might want to move up so there's something like that which now brings me to the second scenario which I haven't I'm surprising John with this on air Um, if the AFL abolished the 20% discount they've already so they can't so I'm happy that you've said that Um, this is something I forgot to bring up they at the start of the trade period announced that they were reviewing the discount for points but because they were wary that clubs trade future selections in preparation for father-son academy players (laughs) that that discount would remain for 2020 so there will definitely still be a discount available um, but it's a hypothetical anyway alright so in the future 2021 when it it happens for an example for the dogs who have just matched with 13 and 42 and swapped 49 for 52 yep um, if they were to match with the same picks for pick 4 they couldn't do it they'd still be in a deficit they need to they would be in a big deficit they need to find an equivalent of pick 61 to be able to to get Ugo Hayden at four. And that, realistically, when we're talking about a kid at this top-end talent, absolutely a club should have to give up their picks to do it. Because yeah. you're effectively jumping 10 places in the draft. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a huge it's a huge coup. Um, I probably see them, as I said, the only thing that I could see them doing with this pick is splitting um, to, yeah. to a couple of later picks. So if they're able to get another 100 points, I think that would almost get them over the line in the scenario where they didn't have a 20% discount. Yeah, and uh, even if even if they do, if they trade... So say theoretically what might happen is that they'll trade 24 uh, and 31 with Adelaide, so they gain an extra 100 points, which means that they then have... Um, so they get to keep 49 as well mm. rather than their, rather than that sliding back a few picks. They might do that and it might see Adelaide um, jump up in to get another first round selection. Which might work for Adelaide because they do have a father-son who we'll discuss yeah. soon. So, so, so there's so, so scenarios like that are possible but again, it's only that that's only affecting clubs that have father-son and academy picks. It's not yep. really shuffling much else. The same amount of picks will be used in total um, to match those players. Um, moving on, we've got... So, um, North Melbourne, who do they select now with pick five? Uh, they got Nathan O'Driscoll. Yep. And then Adelaide pick Finley McRae. Um, and then Carlton with pick seven make a bid on the big boy, Reef McInnes. Yep. Um, um, how are Collingwood going to handle this, mate? So, Collingwood uh, needs to come up with uh, the equivalent of pick 11 in points. Uh, we've said that Collingwood finishes third... Um, so they have pick 16 on hand. So they'll use pick 16 
um, as their first part of the match. They also have pick 29, um, which they'll use, and that should give them a surplus. So 16 and 29 um, to jump up into that pick seven slot, which really, it's not that big a jump, um, but it's still, as you said, they've got a massive advantage. Um, I would prefer to see them without that um, additional discount. So with 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 Collingwood, they've also got a few other draft um, things in hand. So they've got pick yeah. 34 um, as well, and 29, 34, and roughly a pick in the 60s gets the points matched. So, you know, Collingwood could do what Sydney did and hold 16 until draft night. And then when the bid for McInnes doesn't come until... Five. Yeah, five. Yep. Then they, you know, that's assuming he goes outside. So um, they can then look to do a live trade um, and get 16 out and match with the remaining picks and bank some points for the future. Yeah, and I mean, there's always clubs that are looking to um, move up into that first round. But that said, um, pick 16 this year, uh, which next is the... Year. Next year, sorry. Um, pick 16 in the draft that we're doing um, will end up sliding to around what 21 by the time that the, all of these academy players and everything like that have been named um, correct yeah but, so, but you you know if you trade pick 16 and you got a second and a third future second and third yeah that's what I'm trying to say is, is that it's not like they could turn that pick into a future first rounder no it would be hard um, because you assume that a 20 or an 18 or 19 or 21 or wherever it ends up being mm. is either the start of the second round or the end of the first round so you could do it potentially with a club that doesn't have a father son involved like a or a academy player like a Richmond um, and get ahead of um, get ahead of it and focus it all into one year, but I'd say that it's unlikely. Um, the m- most likely thing is for uh, Collingwood to send it into maybe a couple of second future seconds. Yep. Um, so then, what's happening? Um, so Carlton then would select um, Denver Granger Barras, which is a great selection by them. Well done, um, Carlton. We're proud of you. Excellent very, selection sauce. They are very happy. Uh, Hawthorne are going to place a bid on their new, or their, they wish it was going to be their new small forward um, in Braden Campbell. Um, so Braden Campbell is the Sydney Academy person. So Sydney yep. are going to match that with... with- uh, their current so it's required 14 uh, and yep. they can match it with what they currently have which is 22 and 39 and they get back pick 62 yep. um, but which is important so yes. we'll, we'll, we'll mention that 62 again in a second so next up we've got um, Hawthorne are actually making their selection yep Hawthorne, and they're, they're going to select Tanner Bruin yep Tanner Bruin and then we've got Essendon um, next they're going to go for Sam Berry great selection by Essendon by the way an inside mid an inside mid well done Essendon uh, at first they kept their first round draft pick and, oh. they, and they selected an inside mid which is I think they had to keep it because of the AFL but hang on yeah. oh it's a great selection either way um, and I really hope that actually happens I mean they could have got the future third off Sydney but oh, that- this, this is this is romance this is I, I, I can see something here Sam Berry Essendon pick 11 let's, let's pay attention to that over the next year done see um, if it happens we'll, we'll get a Twitter tag going for it yeah exactly Berry for 11 um, Port Adelaide with pick 12 they take Oliver Henry as a tall defender to replace Dougal Howard no sorry um, uh, I'm getting sidetracked uh, yeah okay then so and then St Kilda have the next bid and they're going to bid on Errol Goulden because they need a small forward 
um, and a, a guy who can rotate well, through they, the midfield. Well, they're, they're looking to play finals as well, so they're looking yeah. for somebody who's good right now. Um, and, and so what Sydney, Sydney's got now, we're going to talk about so they 62. Have, they, got, they got that 62, so they're going to have to use that. They've got 40 and they've they got, got 40 and 58, which still puts them in a deficit of approximately pick 51. 51. So the Swans are a club that will definitely have to find points um, in this draft. So... I don't think it'll be with their top pick. I don't think that they'll they'll slide um, because there's a risk that their top pick could be Braden Campbell, theoretically. Like as in Braden Campbell's in the in the range of say five to ten, they wouldn't want to slide back two to three picks and then see a bid come before them. They need to with their draft hand. So with their pick 22, 39, 40, and fifty eight, they need to create another two hundred and fifty points out of that. So. Yeah. They, need to, they need to look at a club um, who wants to upgrade, who's got multiple picks and wants to upgrade a, a, a late second. Maybe, you know, like we're looking at... Geelong. Geelong, yeah. Good. So uh, Geelong have 584 points with pick 32 and they also pick 38. Um, so that covers that 845. They make up an additional 100 points by making a 22 down yep. trade with, with Geelong. Port Adelaide also have a couple of, um, of fourth round picks and third round picks. They're going to need those though because they've got a couple. They've got two or so for uh, yeah um, players to come in their selections, and and I think that they will look to move um, their second round pick higher. So potentially it's a swap, like as in yeah. they go twenty eight up to twenty two, and yeah. they give away a third round pick as well or something. Yeah. Um, which might get them above the bid, but I mean that's still play. I'd say that's playing with fire. I'd say they want to go higher than that because that twenty two is going to well, end that, up that, being around that, 20. that Geelong was about the right track. Yeah, that's what they need to. That's so, what they need to look for. So they need to create points like that, um, which sees Geelong move up and get a probably mid second round pick or a pick in the twenties somewhere. Um, yeah. The other thing that they can do is obviously send out future selections, um, which I mean, as opposition clubs, I'm a fan of because. If a club is going to be getting more in this draft via academy, I'd rather them get less in the future. Yes. Um, so paying with future picks is fine for me. Um, and if I'm an opposition club, I'd probably offer them a um, future fourth round pick, which is worth something around that 200 mark um, for um, a future third round pick or something yeah. of that nature. Well, to be honest, I'd almost, I'd almost, for Sydney, I'd probably hold the points over because realistically, you're probably going to, if you finish you know, third bottom next year, you're probably going to finish, you know, fifth or sixth bottom the following year. And 250 points on that only drops you one pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. It drops it drop you one or two picks, so depending, it, depending so, on so where you we, finish. we did clarify this, didn't we? We said that the that with the... Always comes off your first selection. Always comes off your first selection. So, um, all right, we'll move on. St Kilda then take Eddie Forward... Gold Coast then go for Oliver Davis. So Gold Coast, it's worth saying at this point... This is their pick 11. This is their pick 11 and it's already at 15. So we can see, this is what happens in a couple of drafts we've seen already um, when there's multiple father-son academy sort of type players. 2018 draft was exactly like this. Is that these players, um, these picks end up sliding down. So they draft another midfielder with a hard edge um, from Tassie. 
North Melbourne uh, start replenishing some of their key stocks by drafting. They go another Tassie key forward to go along with Ben Brown. Yeah, exactly. Jackson, Jackson Callow to take over uh, take over the reins eventually. Geelong really like the look of a kid called Connor Downey, but unfortunately he's NGA type. Classic Geelong though, placing a bit on a Hawthorne player. Yes, um, good moves. They, I love it. They really want to get at him. Um, so this is another, as we said, another tied player in this top area of the draft. Uh, what are Hawthorne doing? Yeah, so Hawthorne have to match equivalent of a pick 23. Um, and realistically, this is where their second future second trade with Melbourne actually is going to sting. Um, and what that means is they have only got 44 and 62 to offer up with any points value. And it leaves them in deficit by equivalent of pick 47, which is roughly 320-ish points. So... They, with next year's draft hand, need to find 320 points. Yes, they have an earlier pick. They're not going to touch that, um, which is we're projecting inside the top 10. They're not going to want to touch that. And they've got to try and turn pick 44 and 62 into something, but you're not going to be able to do it. So they're going to have to go to the future. They'll have to. Yeah, you're right. They'll have to go future because, and as you said, if they slide back from the, the slot that we've got them in at the moment... I would think that puts them in danger of a Downey bid coming in because Downey could be anywhere from 5 to 20. So, And and the other thing is as well, is I look at it and I go, why wouldn't Hawthorne have tried to pay with this year's picks? Why sacrifice next year for Sam Frost? Putting it bluntly. Why sacrifice anything for Sam Frost? Um, no, putting, it Melbourne, more, Mel- putting it more bluntly. <laughs> I mean, Melbourne lost the trade in value, um, but I think the, the smarts of this trade work out next year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't like it on a value pick. I think we've made a poor move, but I think where this is going to play into our into our hands is next year, because we we've got low end NGA tied players. Yep. So we're probably, you know, we can start to get involved and in, and in next year for future first because there's so many NGA tied players, you know, we could easily jump back in for Collingwood's pick sixteen. Yeah, yeah, you're and, right. That's yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. We'll just finish off this draft now. So yeah. Geelong draft Lockie Jenkins, um, who is my pick um, for the player that's going to win the MVP. Lark. Lark medal. Yep. Um, is Lark best at under-18s? Champs. No, I'm, I'm talking Morrish. Um, Morrish medal. Yeah. Uh, Lockie Jenkins for the Morrish is the early call. Um, uh, then Josh Clark, who's our lightning half back, is going to go to the Brisbane Lions, who probably need some distributors. Uh, Luke Edwards, um, or Geelong, placed another bid. Um, Classic Geelong. Yeah, bidding. They're doing an Adelaide and bidding on all the people. Um, on Luke Edwards, um, I think Adelaide should probably have enough points to match this comfortably. Yeah, easily. So the pick 20, pick 20 roughly is worth pick 26 with a discount. Um, we've got basically a pick 24 there for Adelaide. They'll comfortably match that. So this is where Adelaide might look to offload. If, if a bid hasn't come in by a certain point, they may look to try and lower that um, pick and yeah. and that's they, where a Geelong they, or something could trade in. And... They also might try to move up. Um, so they have 30, um, pick 31 yeah. as well. Um, so pick 31 and pick 24, they might try to get ahead of a bid. Um, well, and that's a sort of thing that might appeal to to Collingwood or to even even a 
Sydney if they've got anything to really throw at. Yeah. Um, so so exactly. So they might want to move up and then get just get some later picks back. Um, but not too much sliding as well because I think they're going to go forward and backward rather than um, just use those second round picks. Yep. So um, but they still get a good player there. Next up, we've got Geelong make their their selection on Logan McDonald, a key forward to replace uh, Josh Jenkins. Josh Jenkins and no, not the Hawkins. Well, the, how long is Hawkins going to last? Forever. Forever. Yeah. Hawkins um, is a statue that will just play there with I'll play with 21 but, uh, yeah and then GWS uh, gonna go for Josh Treaky and final selection out of pick 23 we have Zane True to the Tigers who have won the flag again and a great pick really yeah. True True Some serious pace True could be a jet so uh, I think that Richmond have done well there I mean I guess what we've sort of tried to show with this is that based on just a really high level early estimate and I reckon that um, our estimate might not like it's, it's pretty good um, as far as what a pool could look like but in reality I think there's more chance that less academy players are in this range I think more. we've tried to overcompensate for academy yeah um, I, 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 that, that's definitely what I was trying to do when I put in these academy players Cause, cause, the I, mean, I, I think Luke Edwards is, is probably going to come after this personally but tw- 23 um, and Goulden could also slide depending on because yeah. of his height um, 23 we know that there's the additional player um, that was yeah. not in this pool. So, so that's pick 24. So there's 24. So there's really 24 selections, which is one more than what we've seen in the last two years. The only thing is, is that they've got no free agency compensation in this. However, what I will say is this, the AFL this year has done a great job with free agency compensation and actually not wound overpaying. They wound it back, definitely, um, which has been great. And I'd say an extension of that continuing. And, and it, it, it's the less impact on the draft. And that's what I really, you know, that's that's probably another thing for us to talk about, the free agency compo, um, because that, that also compromises the draft. But yeah. again, we come back to our central point. This draft is not much more compromised than 2018 draft. It's marginally more compromised than this year's draft. And it's certainly not the most compromised in history because it's nowhere even close to 2012, 2013, and even 2014, where they took out the best two players in in Martin and Hogan um, as a mini selection. So yeah, you know, like we're really we're really making this point. The media is uh, some people in the media have said how compromised and no one wants a first round pick. I disagree. Yeah. I would want a first round pick in this, but I'd actually almost like the way Melbourne's done it where you get rid of your first round and you look to trade back in because I think that's where your value's going to come. Shawnee, Shawnee, Shawnee. However, <laughs> the other side of it is I also like the fact that there are clubs like Geelong and Adelaide who have stockpiled a few picks and Freo as well and they can look to turn a pick 30 into a pick 15. And, and that I also like. So the teams that have the future picks um, stockpiled, especially those seconds and thirds where there's a lot more value in the points, I think are the ones really with the power hand and they're going to be the ones that will capitalise because on draft night, those points are king. Yeah. It's not the actual pick. So you can, as if you've got two picks that add up to more points, then you should just go, I've got pick 30 and pick 45. That adds up to, you know, um, let's call it 1,000 points. I'm going to go get, um, you know, Hawthorne's pick 17. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, not Holton's pick seven eight. That's the matched bid. Uh, but uh, yes, oh, the, no, the, the, so the con- you're, you're going to get yeah, you're going to get um, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, Hawthorne. Probably Collingwood's pick sixteen because Collingwood pick sixteen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Bang. Like that. That's what you're going to look for because that's where your value is. As soon as you've got more points value than what the pick is worth. Yeah. You're in the sweet spot, and you don't need those points. Yeah, so I mean, we're looking at the reality of this playing out. We see it as slightly, slightly more compromised, um, and than the recent drafts. But that's, it's not the biggest issue. So we'll no. talk. We'll talk now about the biggest issues. Issue number one is that the draft in this year, the, the quality is lower. Yeah. So that's a, that's more of why it's compromised, and more why you might not want to pick it in this draft it, hurt, in, it hurts more in this draft in that yeah in that sort of mid to late first round that probably that's where I guess you're sort of thinning out a lot um, and potentially the quality isn't there so that one is a bigger issue that's that's a bigger issue than the but amount that, of NGA but that players. just comes back to the fact the AFL didn't spend money on juniors when they brought in two new sides they just brought in two new sides and thought that we could somehow cater an extra 80 players yeah and we're, we're, um, we're getting but there. anyway we're, we're, get- we're getting there but def- definitely this pool is weaker um the second thing is that this pool is affected by gold coast additional compensation so yeah. that's two picks inside of the first round so that in 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 its totality just those two picks make it worse Yes, but nothing like nothing else. So we can be annoyed at the uh, over the top compensation. I think that one of the two, if you're going to be over the top, saying that they can pre-sign players and not give them access to pick eleven as well, yeah, or just access to pick eleven and they can't pre-sign players. I, I mean, I probably like the pre-sign one more. I, I can't remember who said it. There was a there was an article written in the media, and I, I got a feeling it was it might have even been by Cal Toomey or something, or even Mark McGowan might have wrote it that people probably the sneaky part of the compensation package was this ability to sign players outside of the draft, because you're not going to see the impact because you're not going to see the player. The player's already theirs. Yeah. And and I can't remember who wrote it. It was a really good piece that actually said. Regardless of if these players are top-end talent, which Alex Davies looks like he might be, um, their ability to remove and put three players into their system and spend two years on them and you know potentially look at taking kids in the rookie side, like they've got extra rookie, side, extra rookie selections, all those ones, the ability to manipulate their list and get away from the draft and take players, that is... Is a is a massive sweetener. So that, that's it's, the it's, problem. It's bigger, it's bigger than everything other than pick one. So yeah. getting getting pick one in the draft is the biggest. Next is being able to sign players without having to use picks. Then pick eleven. Then that pick in the twenties. Like no, those the rookies over the pick twenties. The rookies. The rookies over the twenty. Uh, I would yeah. take I would take the eleven over the rookies. But um, I guess it's a good time to sort of highlight how this might play out in reality for Gold Coast as well. So. They've got an increased rookie list size, so up to 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can have 50 players, over 50 players in the list. Um, they also can sign players outside of the draft. What happens when they've got a full list? Because they've signed players outside of the draft. They want to take... Say, they've, say they're going to go into this next draft. Say it was next draft, and they were going to go in with pick one, pick 11, pick 20. Pick 20. Just, just those three picks. They've also got to pick at 33, but let's say they trade that out. So that's three selections, and they've also got 
Um, I reckon two players that they might take. Um, that, that's my best bet is that Joel Jeffries. That's from five. Yep. Joel Jeff- that's five players coming onto their list. That's main list. So, that's yep. main list. What about everyone else? So players that would have to be main list if any club placed a bid on them, but don't have to be main list because they can be pre-signed. Like as in this year, can Roses Jr. be pre-signed to the rookie list? Uh... I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, if, that's I guess the... that, that's that's a good question. Um, my logical take on it, which may not be the correct answer, would be no. He has nominated for the draft, so therefore, for them to be able to sign him as a rookie, he would have to have been passed over by the clubs through the draft. Yeah, like but, he but would, they, he would become they, like Buku Khan. But he's not entering the draft. Well, that's only if he. No, no. So he has to agree. To sign. So if I was in his shoes, why would I agree to a rookie contract? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, you're right. So yeah. you have to agree to the contract that's put in front of you, but that that sort of also goes against the access to pre-signed players if they then get into the draft and if they don't get drafted. Okay, Alex Keith, for example, was one of the 12 original 17 pre-signed access players and he chose not to accept the contract and to instead play cricket. Um, all that it simply means is that if he was to go into the draft and another club selected him, he could be selected as an NGA. All right. Another scenario. Could they say, let's let's say Joel Jeffries. Yeah. Say Joel, oh, not Joel Jeffries, sorry, Joel Jeffrey. Say Joel Jeffrey. it doesn't look like a top 30 selection and said he's looking like a 50 or 60 selection. Could they pre-sign a player to the rookie list but then take picks to the draft? So as in... They're going to use pick 33, um, but they've already started adding players to their rookie list before the rookie draft. Yeah, I think they can sign people on rookie list if it's agreed to. Like I, can't, uh, see that, I can't see why you wouldn't be able to, if they're giving them all this rope, why wouldn't they allow them to sign a rookie outside? The same as like an S, SPP type rule. Like, it's, Yeah, I, I, it's, it gets... it's. Um, yeah. That 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 like that that you're right. That's the most compromised part of this draft is the Gold Coast concessions. Yeah. The Gold Coast concessions get it the closest to, but nowhere near close to GWS's and Gold Coast's original compensation packages oh, for entering the league. So So that that's the thing, like when you hear people say this is the most compromised draft ever, I'm like it's the third, have, we, it's have, the, we, have we got really that short it's of the, memory? It's the third or fourth most. I think it's the fourth, but it could be the third. It's yep. no it's the fourth because Gold Coast could Signed seventeen-year-olds. Then they got like every second pick, and that. But that is the same year that, that GWS could sign seventeen-year-olds, which which hurt the Gold Coast. Yeah, hurt the, I know Gold Coast really got screwed in that. And whole then, thing. and then, and then. So this is this is the fourth. and it could be the fifth because because remember you had the mini draft mini for drafts, two years. Yeah. So and that's more compromised because it's the top talent in the pool. It, it's the literally two, the top two. The, the top two players from the pool. Like, well, Martin. So what is it? Crouch. Um, Omira, Omira, Martin, Martin and Hogan. Hogan yeah. So the top the Crouch was projecting top, top three. Five. Yeah. Um, Omira great. was the clear number one. Yep. And then Martin was considered the highest value prospect in the nation yep. this year. And, and, Hogan. and Hogan was considered the best keeper. Oh, Hogan would have gone one. Um, based no, on no, Martin would have gone one based on what was being talked about that year. Yeah, I, I'm and just saying then, if they played then, as 18 year olds because I saw Hogan oh, play yeah. um, and at VFL. Yeah, he, exactly. When he made um, 
a certain Sandringham defender look like a chump and kick four on him. Yeah. Um, so he's... Yeah, that's what I mean. He um, um, would have gone number one. But yeah, those drafts are all more compromised. So we reckon that this is probably the fifth, fifth most, compromised. most compromised draft based on that. Um, and it's only marginally more compromised than 2018. But it'll be... Yeah, and, and so, 2018 was more was more compromised than probably what this year's will be. This is this isn't an outlier though. This is this is normal. What's well, the new normal? Yeah. It's the new normal. And I guess that's probably what we have to yeah. we have to look at it at is that every draft is compromised now. Yeah, and like we've 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 touched on it around father son versus NGA versus normal academies, and we said that we'll quickly touch on this. So I've got no problem with nostalgia with father sons. I've got no problem with academy. Um, being done to develop players um, and then the NGAs I don't particularly like because what the NGAs have provided is effectively kids who are already playing football and and these are kids who are already playing football um, who who have you know fallen into the laps of football clubs yes they're doing more more work with those NGAs now than than they were at the very first year in 2018 or 2017 or whenever it was. Yep. They're absolutely doing more work there. But the question is, is it widening our draft pool or is it limiting our access? Because the... And this is... I think this is where the responsibility actually lies with the AFL over the clubs. And it's the same with the academy. I'd lump the academies in here as well and say the, the Swans, because they were a one-team state, was allowed to control New South Wales and that's how they developed their academy to you know develop the the state and and drive interest now then along comes GWS and they split the state in two and they give them access to a riverina area which you know is a absolute you know that's a football country that's not that's not rugby league country yeah. you, you go up to Albury Wagga, all these places, these they play football. Yeah. But yes, they do have rugby it's, teams. It's nothing like their concession they gave to Gold Coast. But yeah. Gold Coast, like they to Queensland, it's completely different to Riverina. There's no there's no football area in Queensland. Exactly, and even then they had to split it with Brisbane. Yeah, and Brisbane hadn't done the development that Sydney had done. Yep. And and what I would say now, because you've now got two teams in those states, it needs to be AFL New South Wales controls the academy for New South Wales and AFL Queensland controls the academy for Queensland and then what they do is they look at their draft pool you get guys in there like Luke Power you know these sorts of guys that know the talent they can then you know say well these six players are available for selection for GWS's NEFL these six players are available for Swans NEFL and the two clubs have first access rights to these kids in the draft, but that's all they have is first access. And whoever makes the whoever, you know, it, it, whoever, has, whoever has the next pick, yeah. whoever has the next pick is the only way for it works yeah. because that way you don't get an advantage from sliding to the back yeah. of the draft, and then you have to keep high picks. Yeah, and then apply that across to 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 Queensland, and that's that's focusing on what you're trying to do with these academies, which is development. Now the NGAs. Are really just an a Melbourne appeasement. They're a Victorian appeasement. Yeah. So all the Victorian clubs going. They've got all these academies, and and look, we're Victorians, and we get this, and we go. You know, I know that we look at football as ours, but it is actually we're trying to grow it as a national game. 
So I've got no problems with New South Wales kids staying in New South Wales and Queensland kids staying in Queensland for the moment. Once we get participation numbers to a level, then yep. it's got to go. But the the key that I'm looking for with the, these NGAs is going, what extra players is it bringing to the AFL? It's it's not, in my opinion, bringing any extra players. Taron Thomas would have played AFL. Yeah, yeah. Quainer would have played AFL. Oh, completely. Thomas would have played completely. AFL. Completely. All of these guys would have played AFL. And I think that's why, if you're going to have something like an NGA, that you have to tighten the requirements. Um, there's talk, and I'm not actually sure of the name of the player, so it could be one of the guys in the top 20 for next year, that both of his parents were born in Australia and he was born overseas when they were traveling with work and then yeah. he's moved back and he qualifies as an NGA even though he's completely Australian well, and has grown up playing Australian as football. So, so, so you take the NGA and you apply it and um, Isaac Heaney, born overseas, Jack Watts, born overseas, these guys would qualify for NGAs. Yeah. And, because, and, and they are born... To, they're, 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 sorry, no, Jack wasn't born overseas. He's born to international parents. Yeah. And 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 Heaney was born in Wales. Yeah. And he, but he only lived there till he was two. And, yeah. and all this stuff, you, you, go, you go and apply this and you can go through the AFL and you can find players, you know, Heredia Lumumba clearly would have been, you know, NGA. For me, for me, you know when um, the Giants were annoyed that the Riverina was taken off them and one of the players that had been a part of their academy they couldn't sign? Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but... Um, Brander? Brander. It was Brander. And Charlie Spargo was the other one. Yeah, they were more annoyed about Brander than Spargo. Yeah. But, yes, when that happened and they had players taken out of their academy, I think I would love to see that be the norm. As in, the academies are... NGA, they're open. Everyone with that level of requirement, as in Indigenous, born with one parent overseas, born overseas themselves and everything, can be a part of the academy. And at 17, the year before they enter their draft, they all have to apply for, um, like, to be drafted by that club. And the AFL decides which players actually qualify. So when you get the player that comes forward and says, you know, both parents, um, like proving your lineage, both parents born in Australia, spent 16 years of my life in Australia, knew, played football until I was 15 before I was brought into the NGA Academy, doesn't qualify. That's a, a stamp not qualified. Uh, father, son to Port Adelaide, NGA to Adelaide, no, sorry, don't qualify for Adelaide. You're yeah. a father, son pick. Same with the Academy players. You can train and develop, Lakey, um, with the Swans, but he is a son of a player that's played AFL he's get, he's a father son recruit yeah. like and, and make make the rules uh, simple sim- simple but harder like as in ba- Bailey, you apply Bailey Scott was it Bailey Scott I think it was Bailey Scott he could have gone he could have gone academy to Gold Coast father son to Sydney or North Melbourne and he picked North Melbourne yep and and that's fine And but Blakey could have gone Sydney academy or father son to North Melbourne and that's where I go well that's not right you should have gone to to the if, if we're going to talk about nostalgia Blakey should be playing for for, um, for North. North Melbourne and I think the other side of all this is I, I believe that if we're going to if we really want to so what's the purpose you just got to step back and go what's the purpose of this you know going back to our management what's the vision 
Um, and if the NGAs is to increase our First Nations involvement and international uh, multicultural involvement in the AFL, then again, I would say you've got to state base it. You've got to take it back. AFL Victoria, AFL South Australia, AFL NT, AFLWA, AFL TAS, they've got to take responsibility for these academies. And again, they allocate. Melbourne naturally has a bigger population of football players and we have a very multicultural society. Allocate the players out. You can play with this VFL team, that VFL team, whatever it is. Or they're probably all playing TAC Cup anyway. And, you know, from that, again, you know, Victorian clubs, you can select this multicultural, but it's the next pick, like you said. Yeah. And that and that's reality. That's what it's got to be because this system of just continuously compromising club time players, you know, it's great for one individual player, but does it make more people play? It doesn't. Like, is 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 um, it, it, Reef McInnes is his is all his friends and all the younger guys who come through behind him? Are they all now going to? To you know, want to play AFL more than they already do. No, they're they're exact. They're in the exact same position. The only players that are actually being created by these academies are in Sydney and Brisbane, and potentially Western Bulldogs in the western suburbs of Victoria, which is a lot of a lot of yeah. people like people that is the um, what you call it first generation. Australians, so areas where there's either Majak is a great example of like he's inspired a lot of Sudanese um, kids to get involved with AFL. Yeah, so if you look at like western suburbs and country, I think western suburbs and country areas bringing them more involved into the fold, given that how much easier it is for metro players to stay involved in football. I'd say that both of those make sense to have that multicultural involvement. Um, I'd say that Metro has no place because everyone that's playing football is going to play football regardless. Well, it's just yeah. that it's support for First Nations, um, at, like Aboriginal players, and I completely am on board with that. I think Same we should with multicultural. But we, we should we shouldn't be trying to divide up where Surreali goes, yeah. but we should be trying to create more Surreali's. So that's, and that's the that's exactly yeah. What's the vision? What's the purpose? Stop club time. Stop putting it back in club hands. That's the problem. If you, yeah. you maybe if you want to if you want to make it involvement with the club, each club has to nominate one of their line coaches or one of their assistant line coaches to spend forty percent of their week in the academy. Yep. and that's 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 the club commitment to develop the talent. Yep, and that and that's, or, or like there's as you said when you bring it state based. Um, even if you wanted to have academies in the NT, um, Central Australia, areas where there's not necessarily a club that that would make sense for those players to go to, have it by multiple clubs. As in, you have four, four clubs contribute the money for the AFL to run the academy, and whoever has the next pick in line when those players come up gets the... Northern Territory split into five, I think, for NGA. Yeah, and, and Darwin wasn't allocated, and now it is. Yeah, um, and, and so so that's six. six. No, I think Gold Coast was one of the original five. Yeah. I think it's five clubs have have Northern Territory. One resource up there, you know. Melbourne play game. I don't think we're playing Darwin anymore. I think we're playing Alice Springs. And uh, to be honest, I'm, uh, I think it's a bit of a, uh, a storm. Melbourne's had the opportunity to not, play in Darwin because the contract's ended and then the AFL's gone and handed Darwin support to, to Gold Coast and Melbourne's gone well 
why are we going to generate interest for the Gold Coast benefit? Um, and that's why that's why it has to be out of the club hands because they make commercial decisions like that. Yeah. You know, yes, Melbourne's bringing home an extra game, and, and all of us at the MCG are going to love it. Um, but the the commercial side of that, the impact is, you know, Melbourne's probably evaluated it and gone, well, now we're not going to benefit out of this anymore. So what's the purpose of the partnership? Um, whereas I think in our springs we get alloc- where that allocation area. So because we get benefit there, we'll play a game there to keep our support levels up. So I look at it and I go, well, if it's consistently a commercial decision for the AFL clubs, they're always going to make the decision in their best interest. Whereas we're talking about widening the entire AFL pool yep. for the AFL best interests. Yeah, you're completely right. So, um, I mean, we'll probably wrap up here. Um, we, well, we've, we, got, we can quickly cover off the last two points because we've only talked. NGA discount was should, spoken should, about. Shouldn't exist. Um, yeah, just get rid of it. And free agency compo also shouldn't exist, especially not in the first round. If you're going to keep compensation, just make the first compensation pick that's available is a second round compensation pick. Yeah, or, or like we said, if it's, if it's a... a Top four, top eight team um, picking a bottom club's best players, or top twenty five percent player. You know they lose their first round pick, and it yes, goes to it goes club. to the other club. And yep. so therefore, you're not actually compromising a draft. What you're doing is effectively doing a forced trade. Yeah, not a not a that. So you give up pick sixteen, you get Tom Lynch. Yeah, you know, like that sort of thing, um, which would have been last year's scenario. Um, and then if you're going to apply compensation, like you said, it's outside the first round, and and that's just it. So if Gold Coast lose a player to um, you know uh, Adelaide or something or North Melbourne or something this year they can't then then the earliest pick they can get is like pick 19 yeah yeah no I, I like I like that and I mean we could and all, but the, all, hard, the hardest thing is with all of this I could talk to you forever about the the issues with it yeah. the, the high level points are that sweeping compensation like the original concessions that Gold Coast GWS had and the concessions that Gold Coast get this year to a lesser extent are the thing that impacts truly impacts a draft pool. Yep. So that's the, the concessions have definitely impacted it. And NGAs, for, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't exist. But if they're going to exist, we need to find a better way yep. to increase the size, to make them increase the size of the draft pool, not yep. distribute multicultural talent amongst the clubs that's yeah. not what NGA should be for exactly and and I think probably if we just summarise this whole thing really quickly this draft is not the most compromised in history yep no we're yet. talking it's fourth or fifth yep if we, we want to move away from compromised drafts we have to because otherwise we're ending up back in the 80 zone system okay where players were just assigned a zone and that's just the way it worked. So it's already, it's already yeah. starting to get that way because you see players um, at 14 and 15 moving to be in a certain area for a TAC Cup club, Yep. which changes your NGA. Is that Ugo Hagen, I think? I'm not sure. Well, he's, he's definitely playing for Oakley, but he's still aligned with where he was originally, which was a Vic Country club. Well, for example, like Elijah Hollands is playing, I think, for, Vic, uh, for Bush Rangers, but he goes to school in Melbourne. Yeah, and, uh, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, this... the, the, the distributing by physical area is starting to cause yeah. some issues. It's the mighty, it's the old mighty ducks thing. If everyone remembers the mighty ducks, where Adam Banks lives in the duck zone, not the the hawk zone or whatever it was, and that, that's our great childhood movie there. Anyway, so back to wrap up my point. 
we need to get away from this NGA stuff, centralise it, control it through the AFL. Um, you know, you've got to get away from club land because they're only commercially interested in their own back pocket, um, which is fine, but understand the motive and get a clear objective there. Uh, father, son and NGA discounts, I, get I'm, rid of them. I would be okay with father, son, just saying. With just father, because the, there is... A, well, like, I think they have to change the requirements for interstate clubs because yes, it's right. like you but know, so three, this, 300 games for, for uh, Waffle Club or something for West Coast. I know. It's a joke. It's, it, you're right. So uh, adjust the requirements for West Australia and South Australia's access to Father Sons yeah. to make it more realistic that they've been around for 50 years like other clubs have. Um, and keep father son discounting at about twenty percent. No, no discount. I don't. I get rid you, of the you discount. reckon straight access. All right, just, we'll just, just get rid of the discount. Yeah, yeah. So and insult then, me. And then the same with academies, like centralised. We're no longer one team states. We don't need um, Sydney having an academy and GWS having an academy. We need a New South Wales academy that grows the New South Wales pool. We need Queensland academy to grow the Queensland pool, and it's that simple. And then free agency compo, like we just explained. Yep, move it. It's just, I mean, I think for us, um, it's it's really just this all this compromise. Um, it really just continuously hurts our draft pool, and it's not to the benefit of anyone. But um, it, it really actually isn't to the benefit of the AFL. Okay? Like it doesn't it doesn't promote strong teams. Like we've we made compromise to bring in two new sides. And the after effects of that are that a lot of the seams that were on the bottom in that period are still mid-table to bottom, except maybe Richmond who got out. Like not many teams. Richmond have, Richmond have done a fantastic job. They were yep. they were able to turn their club around to a team that can win a grand final during the most compromised era. Yes, we're we're not in an era where we're as compromised as that, but yep. we'll never be less compromised from now from what it looks like we'll never be less compromised than what we were like before GWS and Gold Coast came in yeah, so and, and the AFL really just needs to have a clear direction on this because it's just screwing with a draft like this if you did this in America you would have people trying to kill you I've I've let you go on for too long about this, Sorry. Sean. You you've personal agendaized this. Um, this is all about the the pool, not not about the higher level issues. I know we've covered them, but I can let you talk about this literally. For to be fair, Sean and I have probably talked about this offline for about three to four hours today. Uh, like, <laughs> and, well, not today, but over the last over week. the over the last week, like in preparation for this episode. And, and to be honest, it is one of my favourite. Um, get me really drunk, talk about football topics to just unleash on. Get you drunk? Did it take me getting you drunk to start talking about this, Sean? Sean, you are you love this issue, and you're completely right, which is why it's important. Um, I guess what we are saying is a more broad issue related to the 2020 pool um, is that a lot of pundits um, talking about this are wrong. Um, as far as the level of compromise, yeah, uh, the, there might be a slightly higher amount of compromisation outside of the top thirty. But once you're outside of the top thirty, really, the talent is much more even, uh, yeah. and you might be missing out on one player to get another. You were considering one pick later anyway, so there's not much of a difference. Like there's a big difference between potentially one and three, but there's not a difference really between forty-one and forty-three. Yeah, so. Yeah. Look, we hope you've uh, you've learned a bit over across the two podcasts. You've learned a bit about the next year's draft and who to keep an eye on based on our power rankings. And we hope that 
we've sufficiently explained uh, the media commentary around the most compromised draft versus what it really is and what it really looks like next year and, and giving you a bit of an insight how potentially it could work out. I mean, this is what we try and do. This is this is what we love, talking the scenarios, working it through. There's a lot of time and effort that's gone into these two podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah. As John said, there's probably four hours of conversation. John's probably done another four hours of, of work and on top of that we did a did another few um, hours in developing you know the pick trades and swaps and everything there yeah so it, yeah you're right it does take a lot of time if you guys have some um, thoughts around I guess how some of these scenarios might play out do just jump onto Twitter and, and get in touch with us it's the easiest way um, Sean's on there now and um, we're both trying to get on there every single day so um, look forward to hearing with with you guys uh, chatting with you guys and hearing your thoughts um, and I hope that you've enjoyed this episode yep thanks guys thanks for listening and yeah we'll chat soon bye bye if you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen you're not alone one in four Australians will experience anxiety no one anxiety is talking visit beyond blue to start a life beyond anxiety